Right now, here in South Africa and the majority of countries worldwide, thousands of cannabis users are arrested and given a criminal record for nothing more than having the dried leaves of a plant on their person. A plant that is used by over 200 million people worldwide with little or no adverse effects. We are involved in a legal challenge specifically to end all of this. We aim to take our challenge all the way to the International Court of Human Rights so that neither you nor any of your loved ones need suffer under this insane system ever again. This is Julian Stobbs and Myrtle Clark. They were arrested on cannabis-related charges in 2010 following a raid on their home in Joburg. The pair would famously become known as the Dacher couple, suing the government in a landmark court case now known as the Trial of the Plant. The Dacher couple have been advocating for the legalization of cannabis in South Africa for over a decade, ever since their arrest, founding Fields of Green for All, a cannabis non-profit dedicated to this mission. Last year, in July of 2020, Julian was murdered, a tragedy that would shock the nation and leave Myrtle questioning everything. That's coming up on this episode of African Gold. I'm your host, Neil Liddell. In 2019, I founded the Hayes Club, a cannabis grow club built around the change in law that came about from the Constitutional Court judgment of 2018, legalizing the possession and cultivation of cannabis in private. But in October 2020, our club was raided and I was arrested. While waiting for my own date with Lady Justice, I've decided to delve into the past, present and future of cannabis on the continent. I've been meeting with some of the leading minds, mavericks, and entrepreneurs in the business, and the result is this podcast. In this episode, I share with you the Zoom chat I had with Myrtle, dialing in from her home in Joburg, the jazz farm. So Ferdy said, this is what we're going to do, and Myrtle and Julian are uh, preparing to sue the government. Uh, on charges of enacting unlawful laws, in other words, unconstitutional laws. And that magistrate, he just sat there and he listened and he listened. Then he looked at us for a long time, didn't say anything. The prosecutor's jaw was dropping. And he just pointed at Julian and I and said, you are opening a can of worms. Okay, so um, on the night of the 5th of August, 2010, uh, it was weather just like we're having in Joburg right now. And um, at two o'clock in the morning, our Jack Russell started going mad in our bedroom. And uh, Jules got up and we thought it was somebody who was staying here who was doing a night shoot, who was coming home really late. And when Jules got to the um, to the kitchen, he realised it was the cops. So we actually told the whole story of our arrest in great detail in our TEDx talk that we did in Cape Town in 2015. If you haven't heard the full story of their arrest, Myrtle and Jules tell it perfectly in that TEDx talk, and I recommend checking it out. 
Listening to it again, there's one part in particular that brings me right back to the terror of my own arrest. That's coming up after a word from our sponsors. That silence is because we don't have any sponsors. We're bringing you this show for free. But in order to keep it going, we need your help. We have set up a donation page on Supercast that allows you to subscribe to the podcast or donate once off. A lot of time and money has gone into producing this podcast and if you're enjoying it, please consider donating by becoming a member. All profits from this first season will be donated to Fields of Green for All, a cannabis non-profit dedicated to freeing the plant. You'll get access to ad-free episodes so you don't have to listen to annoying messages such as this one and a bunch of other cool stuff like the African Gold t-shirt. You'll also go into the prize draw at the end of the season for a chance to win some of the awesome prizes donated by some of the guests of the show. Click on the link in the show notes in your podcast app or go directly to our website at africangold.media. Click on the donate page and join the tribe. So then they hauled us off to the police cells and I will never forget that sound of that huge big metal gate clanging shut and us being locked in there with this huge big key. You know, we consider ourselves lucky that it was a Wednesday morning and we still shudder to think now what could have possibly happened to us if it had been a prime time Saturday night and they'd thrown us in there. We were alone in each cell, we were kind of back to back and we sang to each other to keep the levels of fear down. And the only other thing that I had in my cell was this really stinking pile of blankets in the corner. And I remember thinking, do I really have to put these things around me tonight to stay warm? The answer is yes. Under those circumstances, you'll put that dirty, smelly, flea-ridden blanket on you to fight the cold. And unfortunately for me, my cell was not empty. There were six others in my cell. Hard, scary men. Some of them gang members. I've never known fear such as that. And it still haunts me to this day. It was a really harrowing experience for two middle-aged people, you know. And so they kept us freezing and terrified in our kitchen for like five hours playing all sorts of mind games with us. Then eventually, when it got light, um, they took us off to the Mildersdrift police station. Um, But luckily, the Mildersdrift police are old friends of ours, you know. Um, I mean, they were our sort of police precinct for for very many years. And at that same time, uh, there was a prosecutor's strike on. So they didn't want these two middle-aged white people on a Thursday um, to stay in their holding cells all weekend. And they also didn't want to transfer us to the, the main Krugersdorp prison, so they gave us police bail. And as it stands now, I am still out on 1,000 Rand's bail. Myrtle has been out on bail for over a decade. But in those early days, right from the start, they needed to decide on how they were going to play their cards. And their decision would change not only their own fate, but the fate of the entire country. We were faced with three choices. Um, Either we could accept our fate, which, as you know, when it comes to drug laws and courts and all of that, your guess is as good as mine, you know? In retrospect, we probably would have got off with, I don't know, some sort of a fine and a suspended sentence, and it would have been much cheaper (laughs) and, you know, much (laughs) less hassle uh, and that. But... um, 
criminal lawyers, as you know, you personally know, uh, play on your mind a lot. And um, they're quite an aggressive bunch and they're quite, um, you know, unforgiving. And they will give you the worst case scenario. So they gave us the seven to ten years thing. Um, but there was, it was almost as if, you know, in hippie speak, the universe was conspiring on our side. Uh, mm. Because the policeman who wrote out the docket and the, the, the form that says to appear in court was so drunk that Thursday morning. He could hardly stand up. We could smell him from the other side of the charge office where we were sitting in handcuffs, you know. He got everything wrong on there. And this was now August. And he made our first court appearance on the 14th of February, 2011. So that's unheard of because you should be in court within 48 hours of your arrest. So thank goodness he'd had a few too many <laughs> breakfast tots or whatever. So we had this this weird kind of time from August to February where we didn't really know what to do. Mm. The second choice that we had was to pay a bribe. So we're obviously looking into all of our options. Um, we phoned some dodgy lawyer and he said, well, 10 grand each in my account before I even speak to you. And it just left us feeling like, whoa, you know. The third choice was the nuclear option to sue the government. But they weren't quite ready for that yet. When we were arrested, we were busy working on Big Brother Africa, which is a really crazy, crazy TV show. The cameras were running 24 hours a day for 96 days. So we had to, luckily with the support of, of our team and the production company that we were working with, we, managed, we got to finish the show and then we got on a plane, flew to Namibia, hired a 4x4 and went out into the desert and took acid. We were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. After clearing the cobwebs of consciousness, the Dacher couple returned from their desert trip to face the music and the reality of their situation. And this reality needed a good lawyer, a good strategy, and a day in the Krugersdorp Magistrates Court. And, uh, and so we, we started to, to develop a strategy. And he said that the first thing to do would be to um, uh, get a stay of prosecution. So that was the first time we'd ever heard that word. And it was going to become a really a cornerstone of our ca campaign the whole way through. It might also be the first time you're hearing about a stay of prosecution. And for me, it was also a vital part of my case. So what is it? To understand this, we need to understand a bit about the hierarchy of the South African court system. Welcome to Law 101. Right. So there are four types of courts in South Africa. Magistrates courts, high courts, the Supreme Court of Appeal or the SCA, and the Constitutional Court. The Constitutional Court, based in Pretoria, is South Africa's highest court and as its name would suggest, deals with constitutional matters. 
The Supreme Court of Appeals is based in Bloemfontein and except for the Constitutional Court is one of the highest courts in South Africa. It only deals with cases sent to it from the High Court. A High Court has jurisdiction in its own area over all persons residing in that area. These courts hear to matters that are of such a serious nature that the lower courts would not be competent to make an appropriate judgment or to impose a penalty. There are 13 high courts in South Africa. And then we have the magistrates court, which are the lower courts dealing with less serious criminal and civil cases and where you go to argue your speeding fines. It is in this court that criminal cases are usually heard, as was the case for Myrtle and even my own case. Now, while the criminal case was going on in the magistrate's court, Myrtle and Jules had filed a separate case of their own in the High Court, declaring the laws they were supposedly breaking unjust and unconstitutional. The criminal case in the lower magistrate's court is very much dependent on the outcome of the case in the High Court. And you can apply to the High Court for a stay of prosecution. Basically, the criminal trial in the magistrate's court is put on hold pending the outcome of the case in the High Court. If the case in the High Court, which in Myrtle's case was eventually bumped up to the Constitutional Court, is successful, then the case in the magistrate's court becomes mute, and naturally, the charges against her would fall away. However, if she fails in the Constitutional Court, then the criminal charges against her would proceed. I'm no law expert, but hopefully that gives you some clarity. Now we're talking in January, so 14th of February on Valentine's Day would be our first appearance in the Krugersdorp Magistrates Court. So Ferdi prepared the application for the stay of prosecution at the Pretoria High Court. And just that morning, on that Valentine's Day, he managed to hand in the papers at the High Court. So he had the stamped copies by the time he arrived in Krugersdorp, a little bit late. And there the two of us were. Then we went into the courtroom and there stood Ferdy, um, a very, very imposing man. He's a very big man. He doesn't have a hair on his head. And he was standing there in all his gowns and his glory and everything. And the magistrate who was a very wise-looking older man with little golden glasses and everything, listened to what Ferdy had to say. The state prosecutor, who was in a very, very bright pink silk shirt, I'll never forget. It was so inappropriate, you know. So Ferdy said, this is what we're going to do, and Myrtle and Julian are uh, preparing to sue the government uh, on charges of enacting unlawful laws, in other words, unconstitutional laws. And that magistrate, he just sat there and he listened and he listened. Then he looked at us for a long time, didn't say anything. The prosecutor's jaw was dropping. And he just pointed at Julian and I and said, you are opening a can of worms. (laughs) Yeah. And then he just smiled, you know. The prosecutor was running around like a headless chicken. Next thing, he ushers us into his office. And I remember he had the most terrible halitosis. His whole office smelled of halitosis. All we wanted to do was get out there, you know. And he said to us, no, you know, we can talk about this, you know. Let's, let's talk about this. We can make a meeting. So Jules said to him, talk about what? 
you heard, you got the papers and everything. No, no, we can talk about this, talk about this, you know. I said to him, no, thank you very much. We've decided. And then we left. We knew, I mean, we looked at each other and we just knew that this, that first of all, this would go, was going to change our lives completely, forever. And that secondly, it was the right thing to do. And as it turns out, others thought it was the right thing to do too. And Myrtle and Jules started to attract the attention of the media. The Dacher couple would soon become synonymous with cannabis in South Africa. I phoned the, the journalist back, um, her name is Zelda, and we've also become very close, and she covered our, uh, the trial of the plant in 2017. And she said, do you realise how big this is? And I said, well, I think it's only just sinking in. And then, um, so I said, well, you know, we're very excited. We hope that this is going to make a change for all of us cannabis users in South Africa and all of that, and off we went. Then my friend Billy was driving around Joburg and he took a photograph of this newspaper poster that said, couple fight for Dacha. Ah. And he said, is this you guys, you know? So I said to him, go back and steal the poster. <laughs> and then I phoned Zelda and I said to her, is the article out already? And she said, yeah, it is. I think this was the next day. And she said, yes, it is. Don't you like my poster? And so that's where it stuck. And so they had a name. They had support. It was time to sue the government in a case that we all know as the trial of the plant. Welcome back. Great to have you with us. The trial of the plant, as it's called, has made its way to the highest court in the land, the Constitutional Court. Today, several pro... So it started on the 31st of July. And on the first... the Two days before the trial, the court granted us the live stream rights. And then um, right at the beginning, state advocate turns up and says, we object to the live stream. So the first three days of the trial were taken up arguing about the live stream. So on the fourth day, uh, things got, you know, there was opening arguments and all of that. Now we had um, do, uh, uh, Dr. Donald Abrams from San Francisco and we had Professor David Nutt from the UK waiting in the wings. Dr. Donald Abrams and Professor David Nutt were two of the expert witnesses from overseas that the Dacher couple had spent years raising funds in order to afford to bring them to South Africa to testify at the trial. Dr. Donald Abrams is one of the world's leading experts in oncology and the treatment of cancer patients based in the US, while Professor David Nutt is a leading neuropsychopharmacologist specializing in the research of drugs that affect the brain. Their respective expertise would be integral in providing evidence to the court as to why the criminalization of cannabis is unjustified. Now, Donald Abrams was meant to uh, start first, and then there was some sort of objection and all of that. So we got David Nutt to start first, and we had allocated one day per, per expert with, I think, a day and a half for David Nutt. And they started with, you know, both sides of the argument, then they started with the cross-examination, and the cross-examination went on and on and on until the Friday. So now we've got Donald Abrams 
sitting there who was meant to have now be finished. And he agreed to waive his professional fee in exchange for a safari and a trip to Cape Town. So I'd already organized all of that. So off he went to Cape Town and had an amazing time. He was even inducted as an elder with the Khoisan people in the Rastafara and Stellenbosch. And he went um, swimming in uh, off Cape Point with Craig, who's just made that ma- amazing octopus movie. And the Oscar goes to my octopus teacher. So he really, Donald Evans had a mind-blowing time. He came back up here, he went to Pilansburg, he saw the Big Five. And then, what do we do? There's no more time for him. Send him back to San Francisco. No. Yeah. 120,000 rand, first-class ticket from San Francisco to Johannesburg. Went down the toilet. (laughs) Yeah. Then, uh, David Nutt had... Uh, had already contracted to speak to at the drug policy conference in Cape Town. So he had to go off. So he they cut his um, cross-examination short. They put it on hold. He went down to Cape Town. That was when the judge said, sorry, that's finished. That's all the time I've got for you, and I'm declaring this trial part heard. And that is how the trial of the plant concluded. With time up and expert witnesses returned home without ever getting a chance to testify. As it stands now, the case is part heard, which essentially means the trial is sitting on ice until such time as Myrtle can get the expert witnesses back and is ready to resume. So when exactly will it resume? After all, it's been over four years since time ran out in 2017. As it stands now, um, uh, Schindler's have advised us to have something to fight against, you know? So we've got to see either the introduction of the Cannabis Master Plan, the the signing into law of the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill, something like that. But I don't know. I, I, I really just want to get back to court because there's no way that the evidence is going to be heard in any other way. Yeah. And when it comes to cannabis, the evidence has never been heard anywhere in the whole world. And here we sit 11 years later and the evidence still hasn't been heard. And tragically, for Julian, the evidence would never be heard. On the night of the 3rd of July, 2020, he was murdered. From what uh, we are hearing, uh, the couple was robbed, uh, their home was robbed in the early hours of this morning. But we're also hearing reports that the thieves then came back and shot Julian. House robbers came into our house at two o'clock in the morning and shot him dead in our bed. I spoke to Myrtle about Jules and her fears for a future without him. I'm not fearful about the cannabis and the outcome. I'm not attached to the outcome. I'll I'll fight as hard as I possibly can because, and one of the reasons why I'm not fearful is because the worst has already happened to me. Yeah. You know, I don't think anything like that, anything worse could ever happen to somebody. 
luckily I've had amazing, amazing support from, just support from all over the whole world, you know. Even down to the local media who are keeping the story alive. The star did uh, an interview. And I said, just sort of by the way, I said, I mean, if it wasn't for my dacha and my dogs, uh, you know, I, I probably would have gone to join Jules. And that's, it's true. It's true. And then just, we had the, the first year anniversary on uh, the 3rd of July. And before I was, I went away. But before that, I knew that I had to go to the police station and find out what they were doing about the investigation. And just as I predicted, they're not doing any investigation. It's not, it was, they say it's a house robbery gone wrong. So, yeah, the last year has been... Oh, Can't imagine. A bit, of a, a bit of a blur, a bit of a, you know, COVID, South Africa, craziness. But I also, you know, am, am privileged in that I'm an activist. You know, so, so and also that I have been taking teacher plants since I was... 19 years old. And I think that that's one of the most important things about teacher plants is that you have to listen. And I've had to, in the last year, had to draw on every single thing that I've learned from that ayahuasca journey. You know, every single one of these teacher plants is teaching us something. And, you know, going and taking ayahuasca for two weeks in Brazil, it's, it, you're never the same again. And I've had to draw on every single one of those lessons that I've learned. Otherwise, it would have just for all fallen apart. And I mean, besides, besides missing Jules as a person and as a partner, he was, you sharing the workload, you're not just sharing your lives, but you were sharing this campaign and this, this thing together. And I guess, how's it been sort of picking up, picking up and taking it all on yourself? How, how do you manage it's phenomenally hard, yeah. Being the remaining half of the Dacher couple is an incredibly heavy burden, you know? Um, because, yeah, Dacher single doesn't have a very good ring to it. <laughs> um, thank goodness Jules was such a larger-than-life character. And I've tried to keep up his traditions of taking photographs every day. He, he really took photographs and filmed stuff every single day of his life. So I have this incredible legacy of gazillions of hours of footage and millions of photographs and, and hundreds of thousands of people who love us around the world, you know? And Jules is there in my head all the time, you know? He could be yeah. a real grumpy old fucker, so... <laughs> 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 so yeah. so he's, he's still got a word in my head for everything. We travelled Southern Africa making documentaries, shooting movies, sitcoms, reality TV. We had a busy and fruitful life. You know, if you don't like weed, you're not going to like the future because we're coming out now yeah. and we're not going away. And we... Do you remember ringing the bail lawyer? <laughs> We have set a precedent in South African law. For you to win, 
You have to have the majority of South Africans behind you to do this. British colonials banned their Hindu slaves from using their sacrament because it made them unfit for the duties for which they were brought to the colony in the first place. Everyone, or most of you might well remember the battle cries of Richard Nixon in the early 70s, all out war on drugs. We are challenging the 1992 Drugs and Drug Trafficking Act, which says cannabis is a dangerous, dependence-producing substance with no medical application whatsoever. The system that was put in place to prohibit and control is completely out of control. The irony is, the only way you are going to control this plant is to set it free. And I've come to accept that the police are not going to um, do an investigation. And I will use that against them with every yeah. single fibre of my body and I'll never stop shouting out. And one of the things that I do get strength from is that I, I don't give a shit about what I say to anybody. I really, really don't give a shit. If I had to stand in front of Becky Clele right now, I'd tell him how much I hate him to his face. You know, a lot of us are really scared of, you know, what are people going to think? I'm 54 years old. I don't give a shit what people think anymore, and I don't give a shit about this government. I'm not scared of them. And that's it for this episode. In the meantime, let us draw inspiration from Myrtle and her story. Take care, be safe, and I'll catch you next time for another toke of African gold. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider donating by becoming an African Gold member and help us bring you the awesome stories of cannabis on the continent. You'll get access to ad-free episodes so you don't have to listen to me harp on about how we need your money. And there are a bunch of other cool perks too. T-shirts, prizes, that kind of stuff. Check out the link in the show notes or go directly to our website at africangold.media and click on the donate button for details. That was africangold.media.